What's up, everybody? This is Cortland from IndieHackers.com, and you're listening to the Indie Hackers podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuff online and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these indie hackers to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. So this is a fairly unusual episode of the podcast. I'm here with the two of you, Ayla and Savannah Solo, and we're talking about OnlyFans, which is kind of at the intersection of the creator economy and porn. And porn is not a subject that has ever come up on the Indie Hackers podcast before. So you two are blazing new trails here. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Also, I'm excited. Me too. I should do a disclaimer for listeners. People always tell me to do disclaimers. Uh, I've never done one before. So if you are a listener and you're not comfortable hearing about sex work or listening to women talk about making a very healthy living from porn on the internet, no big deal. You don't have to listen to this. Although I recommend that you listen to this because I think it's cool. Uh, both of you are very successful. Ayla, you've shared that you're in the top 0.08% of creators on OnlyFans. How much money have you made on the platform before? Uh, my highest earning month was $105,000. Crazy. And Savannah, I don't know if you've shared, but I've, I know that you were able to buy a house last year, sort of infamously with your OnlyFans <laughs> earnings. Yes, yes, I was. Um, I got to the top 0.06%, but my best month is $64,000. So these are crazy numbers. I come from like the tech industry where like, there's a decent amount of like envy, like somebody have a successful startup and people be like, Oh, I'm so happy for him. And then like underneath, you could tell they're seething that like, they're kind of jealous. But from what I've seen of both of you just like reading through your profiles, Ayla, you did like a huge AMA on Reddit a few years ago. There's envy when you're successful on OnlyFans, but people don't hide it. They just let it out immediately. <laughs> they are not afraid to talk about how jealous or how you shouldn't be making the money that you're making. It's crazy <laughs> what you two are able to put up with. Yeah, the, the perception is that it's uh, easy. I think a lot of people are like, well, if I were a woman, I could just go make that much too. Yeah, for sure. There, I think when people start selling pictures of their butt, they think, oh my God, I have the best butt that's ever existed and everyone is going to want to look at this. But then they forget that you can just Google butts for free. Um, and convincing people to pay to look at yours is really an art form in of itself. I feel like you're calling me out here because I just signed up for OnlyFans this week as a creator. And I've only uploaded one photo and it's a photo of my butt. So if you're an indie Hackers listener and you want to see what my butt looks like, I should, what should I charge, like 20 bucks for it? Absolutely. Depends on how artistic you did it. I think it was tastefully done. It's very subtle. <laughs> so you got to really hype it. Yeah. I thought that's what we were doing right now. Like this is this is the hype. <laughs> you guys are gonna have to teach me your tricks though, because you're both super good at marketing on OnlyFans. You're both huge on Twitter. Uh, Savannah, my girlfriend's a huge fan of yours on Twitter. That's how you got on my radar. You've got about two hundred thirty thousand followers, and Ayla, you have two separate accounts on Twitter that are each at about a hundred thousand followers. So both of you clearly know what you're doing, and you're gonna have to teach me a few things. We absolutely can. I think between the two of us, you're in pretty good hands, Decent, <laughs> decently good hands here. So for people who don't know, OnlyFans is, what's the best way to describe it? It's almost like a Twitch or a YouTube, but for porn. And so mm -hmm. it kind of exploded onto the scene in the last couple of years. And it allows you to basically post photos and videos for a subscription fee for your fans. And they can actually like interact with you. It's, it's not just normal porn, but it's interactive. People can DM you and you can message them back. Uh, it's pretty cool, and I think it's it's sort of changing the porn landscape because it's allowing 
individuals like the two of you to basically make a living for yourself. And if you're good at marketing and you're good at taking photos and you're good at basically connecting with your fans on a level that makes them want to feel connected to you, like you can actually clearly make a transformative living for yourself. I was looking at the revenue numbers, like I think they did like $400 million in revenue last year. So like, it's not a small thing. A lot, a lot, a lot of people are on OnlyFans. And I'm curious how the, how the two of you came to be on OnlyFans. So maybe Savannah, let's start with you. Uh, okay, so I have like a, a bit of a fun story about how, well, not fun at all. I don't know why I said that. Um, it, <laughs> how I came to be on OnlyFans uh, was I had a boyfriend who I had been with for a really, really long time. I graduated from college with a business degree and couldn't even get like a job at the bank. And he was like, I don't know, why don't you sell your nudes? And <laughs> I don't think he thought... I don't know, maybe maybe he wasn't actually serious about it because I was like, sure, I'll do that. And then I did it and he dumped me. But joke's on him. Wow. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> so um, he's like the only boyfriend I've ever had. And he really, he really failed it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, he's probably one of the people who uh, turned off the episode when I gave the disclaimer. Right. <laughs> yeah, like the ni- I often joke that the nicest thing he ever did for me was get me into porn and dump me. But I mean, I had never imagined myself doing this before that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, OnlyFans sort of fell into my lap. And now I'm all up in OnlyFans lap. So it's mutual. <laughs> Do you feel like your business degree is in any way contributed to like the fact that you've done so well on OnlyFans? Are there like crossovers between what you learned? There's stuff I notice as far as like marketing. But business degrees are kind of a joke anyway. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I would like to say yes, but I know a ton, a ton of people who have no college education who are just doing great on OnlyFans um, because they just, in their own special way, know how to draw people in. Ayla, what about you? How'd you get into OnlyFans? Almost a similar story, but this was much longer. Uh, years ago, I was dating a guy and who he was like, hey, we should try a camming together, you know, like the live stream version if if someone listening doesn't know uh like camming is sort of what ha- was the the primary way of making money for online sex workers before OnlyFans, uh where it was typically like focused on live streaming uh, whereas only fans is a little bit more asynchronous in time so like you can post a photo for example uh, and people view it later so i was dating a guy and he was like hey you should try camming because at that point i was like sleeping on a couch i had just finished working at a factory on an assembly line floor for a year and I like I had been homeschooled and didn't have a college education so I was really desperate trying to look for any kind of way that was not a factory to make money um, so he suggested this and then ended up ended up breaking up uh, and th- but then I kept going with it and so I was a cam girl for for many years um, and then OnlyFans came along I, I had been taking a break from sex work at that point but a lot of my friends were like you should really try the- this OnlyFans thing we're making a lot of money so I switched over and yes it was in fact a lot of money yeah there's something very inspiring about seeing people make a ton of money from something that like really <laughs> gets you off your butt to take action I mean it's the entire yeah. concept behind this podcast is if I share stories of people making lots of money other people are like, oh, I should start a business like that. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My ex had been like showing me earning statements of girls. I mean, I, I saw one earning statement where a girl had made like $45,000 in a month. And I was, I, I couldn't imagine making $45,000 in a year. I could not imagine myself yeah. getting a job where I made $45,000 in a year. And she just had done it 
in her living room in a month. And I was like, you know what? If I can if I can make $2,000 a month off of OnlyFans, I'll never look for a regular 9 to 5 ever again. Like that, right. that'll be it. I was there was no part of me that was ever anticipating it to pop off the way it did. Yeah, it's pretty life-changing. Yeah, same here. When I was first starting, I was uh, I was escorting actually in person, doing in-person sex work. And I was like, okay, I'll maybe consider quitting in-person sex work if I happen to like make more doing this on OnlyFans. Fans, but I didn't really think that was feasible. And like my first month, I made $13,000. And I was like, that's a wow. really surprising amount of money to make on OnlyFans. Like I, I, that could change my life. But then it just kept going. I had no idea. That's nuts. I was listening to a podcast actually with the guy who's giving OnlyFans tips. His goal is like, I'm going to record 100 podcast episodes in 100 days. And his 100th episode, he was like, here are three of my biggest tips. And one of them was patience. He was talking about how like it just requires patience to get into the game. And like if you're going to, you know, hope to succeed on OnlyFans, you need to basically stick with it. But apparently that wasn't the case for you, Ayla. How did you make $13,000 in your very first month? I was already established on Reddit, uh, which is a lot of what a lot of girls use to advertise. Um, and I had already been very active and advertising on Reddit for years before that. So it gave me a jump start. But I did do a survey of a couple hundred girls on OnlyFans and found that earnings tended to taper off around eight to nine months. So after working on the mm. platform about eight to nine months is around when you kind of hit where you're going to be for a while. That makes sense. There's this concept called the Lendy effect, which basically says that the life expectancy of like anything inanimate, like an idea or a career, is proportional to the time that's already been around. So, you know, which book is going to be read 100 years from now? Probably the books that were already read 100 years ago. Which people are going to, you know, be established on OnlyFans a year from now and still be going strong? Probably the people who've already been consistent for the last years, you know? And like the most likely people to quit OnlyFans are probably people like me who just joined <laughs> yesterday or something. So both of you have been super established. Uh, you're super consistent. But I also get the vibe that, Ayla, you're sort of moving away from OnlyFans. Whereas Savannah, you seem like you're going super strong. Oh, yeah, that's a question that I had. How do you maintain consistency? Because uh, I'm getting burned out already. I was like, Savannah, how do you how do you not get burned out? Oh, well, my uh, my first month on OnlyFans in a drastic comparison, I made 80 bucks <laughs> the whole first month. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it, it definitely took me a few months to get it going. But I have found recently, I had all last year since April, from, from April to December, I had been going strong between twenty-five dollars and $35,000 a month. And then... Suddenly, this January, I decided to get on TikTok and start making like safe for work, totally innocent TikToks where I just might happen to be wearing a sports bra or something else a little more revealing. And it generated so much organic traffic that everything just doubled for me. Just yes, out of out of the blue, out of nowhere. And for the past four months, five months now, it has been going at the exact same rate. And I, I have no idea how that happened. But in order for me to not get burnt out, I have to do stupid things. And not stupid like like endangering, but like I have to just exist and have fun. <laughs> because if I wake up and I force myself to try and pretend to be sexy every single day, it's just not going to happen. And I find that everyone can tell whenever I'm actually not into it. Because a lot of the times people will message me and be like, actually, I kind of hated that. Can you not do that anymore? I'll be like, okay, shit, thanks. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I won't do that again, ever again. Thanks so much for your input. But, but I mean, like, I'll make, 
I'll make stupid videos in my underwear just making a dessert or or just having fun. I think a lot of people subscribe to me just because it's it's pretty laid back and there are videos where if they want to get their rocks off, they can go ahead and then there are some videos where it's basically just my naked YouTube channel where I'm just doing things and just having a good time. And that's been really fun. It's been freeing to not feel like I have to crank out porn every day. I mean, even, right. it's all considered porn, but like the hardcore stuff. <laughs> not every day, not every day for sure. It sounds like TikTok is a lot of fun for you. I'm still not on TikTok. I'm like way behind everybody. Like I, I think I've downloaded the app, but I've opened it maybe once or twice. Oh, it's so cool. What's like so neat about TikTok is that it's like an organic traffic machine. All it does is use algorithms to cater to exactly what you're looking for. And I don't have to, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people use hashtags to do that, but I can do a video with no hashtags on it. And just from a handful of people liking it, they'll, they'll know that they can show this to a million other people and they'll like it too. And it's just so right. wild and it's, it drives so much traffic. It's so cool. Yeah. My friendly Jen launched her website on TikTok. I think someone else tweeted about it. She has a website that teaches like millennials basically or Gen Zers like how to find work online and make money. It's like, oh, here's a hundred different services here. So they all work. Here's how to sign up. So OnlyFans is on there, like even driving for Uber is on there. And it just like went super viral on TikTok and she got millions of page views in the very first month, wow. which is crazy because like I talked to so many people running online businesses and like none of them are on TikTok. Oh. Yeah, TikTok's the way to go. Yeah, yeah. I see a ton of people who are doing like like small like small business, handmade things even, and you promote it on TikTok just a few times to the correct niche of people, and your products will sell out faster than you can make them. It's really cool the way it all works. My highest earning month on OnlyFans was when I was posting regularly to TikTok as well. It was a combo of TikTok and Reddit regular posting really just doubled everything. It's crazy that, Savannah, you were willing to push through like those early months of only making like 80 bucks. Like there's this good idea. There's a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And he talks about uh, the pain of being an artist and how hard it is to get up and like write every day or paint every day or something. Cause it's just, it's hard sometimes. And his prescription is like misery. He's like the Marines, they just embrace misery. You know, they brag about going through this terrible process. And that's like, that's what makes them get up and do it every day. It's like, they almost pretend to like the suffering. <laughs> Your approach is almost the exact opposite. You're like, nah, I don't, not about the misery. I would love to just dress up however I want and make fun TikTok videos. I don't know. Like, I was trying so hard in the beginning to just be, like, really sexy. And I don't like to put myself down. But I also am not, like, I'm, I'm not the face of sexiness. And so I had to mix in some fun with it. And initially, I started making, like, funny videos about being an OnlyFans creator and that's what got my, got my feet under me at all um, because other people were just sharing my funny videos about what it's like to just look at wieners all damn day and so, <laughs> and so that was really surprising I wasn't expecting those to pop off it was really just like stress relief for me because I it was either that or I was going to scream and so, so I ended up just having fun with it and from there on out once I was advertising, even though it was an accident, once I was advertising with just having fun, people would subscribe and be like, I'm actually a little disappointed that your content isn't more fun, that it's just all sex stuff. And I was like, dude, I, 
You know, I don't really know what to tell you about that. But if you guys want me to just have more fun, you got it, baby. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, because you're going to have 16 videos of me getting margarita drunk in the bathtub in a row. <laughs> I'm going to talk shit for three hours <laughs> on live. I mean, that's really the way to go. I think like a lot of girls kind of don't understand this. Like They think like, oh, if I'm going to do OnlyFans, I need to kind of show my titties and be this like void of personality husk that just wants to drool over a penis. And and that's not what men are looking for. Like men are really looking for like a connection with a human being, which is why that works so well. I think I kind of actually went the opposite direction of you a little bit. Like when I first started, the only thing that I did was like very silly, funny content. Like I was a naked mime and I did like the abducted by gnomes photo shoot and all this stuff and then over time i i realized that like when i was less funny i made more money and so it kind of like beat the creativity out of me not all the way like i still have to (laughs) be funny to some extent to survive kind of like what you said but i feel like a lot more jaded why do you think that is why did your uh, income decrease when you were less funny because it seems like the exact opposite of savannah yeah i mean it's possible that there's like a a really nice middle ground, or you can still be do funny while being sexy. And I haven't figured out how to do that. This is when I was camming, right? And so you can sort of get really fine tuned life feedback, how many tips you earn per hour based on how attractive, like, but based on what you're doing, like over time, you get to know exactly the kinds of things that earn more money. And as I like kind of increased how sexy I was and decreased the sporadic goofiness, uh, the, the margarita in a bathtub for three hours, like really uh, speaks to me, <laughs> Savannah. <laughs> When I started like decreasing that, I started making more money, and that kind of built a lot of resentment in it in me. I was like, oh, like if I actually want to make a good living with this, like I need to suppress the parts of myself that are really having fun, and that caused me to get burned out with camming eventually. So I'm like really given some hope actually hearing you talk about how having fun seems to be so successful for you, Savannah. Like it makes me wonder if I can sort of pull this off again on OnlyFans. I'm I'm super curious how like your revenue like breaks down on OnlyFans. Is it all people subscribing to you and paying a monthly fee? Is it people paying you like one-off transactions for photos? How does it work exactly? For me, it's about sixty percent subscription, and the rest forty percent like tips and and videos. For me, I would say it's probably closer to ninety percent subscription, and then like a ten percent on like video purchases or tips. But what's your sub price, Savannah? It's uh, $6 for the first month and then seven fifty recurring. Wow, it's that's impressive to have that high a subscription percentage with that low a sub price. It's a lot of people. I often joke that I'm the Walmart of OnlyFans. I am like the <laughs> Dollar Tree for porn. And so I just get a ton of people. <laughs> it is all volume. <laughs> And then I like to leave, uh, I'm always running the $6 for, you know, like the $6 sale all the time. Um, And it's open to expired subscribers as well, even though they think it's not so that they feel like they've cheated the system by letting their subscription run out and then subscribe again for $6. But the joke's on that. I I did an experiment where I went and I... I did it only, and I set the settings to where only first-time subscribers could get the $6 deal, and my subscriptions fell by, like, half. And I was like, okay, gonna have to turn that back on. It's interesting how it's interesting how people, whenever they, even whenever it's $1.50 off, they feel like they've really gotten 
the deal of a lifetime. <laughs> so I would much rather have the people coming in resubscribing for six bucks, even if they turn it off and resubscribe every every month for again for six dollars, and I miss out on the buck fifty or more since OnlyFans takes twenty percent off the top. Ayla, what is your pricing strategy on OnlyFans? Because it sounds like you're pretty surprised by the way that Savannah does it based on like the way that I understand how most girls do, like the impression I've got from hearing girls talk about it is that there tends to be like two strategies for pricing on OnlyFans. Like one is you have a, a really low sub price for entry and then you have a lot of like markups once you do subscribe. Like you sell a whole bunch of videos or you do drips or something. And then the other strategy is to have like a really high sub price for entry and then you don't do quite as many once you're in. I, I kind of do like a mix of both. I have like a 23 sub price and again, like 40% of my income is from uh, videos on top of that. So I'm I'm really surprised to hear the, the low sub price plus like such a high income with also no videos. It means you must have like a really high amount of uh, both like volume and people resubscribing. Yeah, I do have a, a really good like subscriber retention rate, which I've been very blessed with. They 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 tend to be really chill and they just let it re keep recurring. <laughs> but yeah, I, I there's part of me that wishes if I could go back in time and price myself a little bit differently right before like it started my my page started getting popular. There's part of me that wonders if maybe if I had done that, if it would still be as successful, but I think I think in all honesty, I think a lot of people, when their first impression of me is like, oh, okay, like, because I don't do any nude promotion and stuff. So they, they quite literally have to subscribe if they want to find out uh, anything. And I feel like people wouldn't chance it if their if my subscription price was higher, it, not knowing they might be like, well, she might not look appealing to me at all, and then I'm and then I'm out a lot of money, but then I I bait and switch them because turns out I look great, <laughs> so they stick around. Um, but I do I do a couple of like videos a month. This last month I didn't do one at all, and I felt terrible about it. It's the first month in like a year that I've done that. But I I will do uh, videos under ten dollars uh, like supplemental like the 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 porniest of the porn stuff i do still send out in dms and that's not really just because i don't want people to see it but because my content gets constantly leaked the stuff that is the the most explicit i still feel like you know if if I even just price it five bucks, like, or three bucks or, or whatever, just always under $10, people are still happy to pay to look at that if they, they really want that. And it does keep my stuff from getting leaked quite as often because whatever goes on the feed immediately ends up on the sexy butthole e-girl whatever website. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I've got like a, a service of people who fingerprint my videos and like immediately identify yeah. those leaks so that I don't have to look at it or conceive it or remember that it exists and is happening but it's still like oh man it's a pain in the butt <laughs> i rabbit trailed really hard sorry about that yeah well now it's fascinating to hear about the like the, the sort of the trade-offs and the way that you do the pricing and so if you're doing basically non-explicit content presumably like on tiktok and twitter and then you're giving people like the low sort of barrier entry like low pricing so that they can actually not feel like they're taking a huge risk that makes a ton of ton of sense and for me, I guess I only have one photo, and you probably couldn't <laughs> guess it. I even have an OnlyFans to my Twitter, so I got to go with like the high price point 
and just milk that one photo for all I can. You absolutely should. You've already got a following. You don't have to start from scratch. You just you just profit. You just profit. <laughs> so was that like a turning point for you, Savannah? Were you? Oh shit! Looks like we lost Ayla. Looks like she dropped. Can you hear me? Mm. Should I reload? No, that, that's yeah, not. Yeah, maybe sound try reloading good. the page. The noises you're making. Okay, all right. Give me a second. One I'm second. just getting. I guess it's better than her internet completely cutting out. Like yes, she's still kind of here. It's, it's better than nothing. <laughs> oh man! Before I uh, before I bought this house, I mean, obviously I've never bought a house before, but I was so excited that I liked the bathtub. I forgot to ask about the internet speed or even like oh, Verizon's no. speed here, and so I got into this house and like my first night here. It was like me, my twin mattress, and like a box of pizza. No Wi-Fi because we had just had a hurricane hit. And like, I couldn't do anything. I might sell, wouldn't even load my Spotify. And I was just like staring at the ceiling with my pizza. I was like, I guess I'm just going to go sit in the shower for the next (laughs) six hours for something to do. Yeah, it's... It's oh, hard to be an OnlyFans creator if you don't have internet. <laughs> Seems pretty crucial. I was driving back and forth to my mom and dad's house to upload my porn for mm. like a month and a half before they wow. the Wi-Fi people out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, you sound pretty good. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I, I moved into this house. I was like, oh, this house is beautiful. It's going to be great for OnlyFans content. Turns out the internet is not great. So I'm trying to use my phone data, which is usually fine, but occasionally it cuts out. Are you, in, uh, are you in the house that uh, you had the party in? Oh, yeah. The party was great. I mean, you, you keep talking about your butt cheeks being on OnlyFans, but they were definitely out of the party. Well, I was convinced to wear chaps. And I'll be honest, I had no idea where chaps were. I was like, sure, I'll wear those <laughs> as long as they're not assless chaps. And then I got them and I learned that all chaps are assless chaps. It's like actually <laughs> a redundant term. There is no such thing as assless chaps. So, yeah, my butt was out. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, what are we even talking about? We are way <laughs> off topic. Okay, OnlyFans. OnlyFans is cool because it's like we talk on this show a lot about people, like creators making money on other platforms. So we talk a lot about Substack. You have these like newsletter authors who are just like charging a subscription fee. There's also like a whole new, I think, array of basically ways to make money coming online. For example, you're both really big on Twitter. Twitter just added a tip jar. So now people can literally just like tip you on Twitter once they roll out the feature to your account. And they're eventually going to have, uh, you haven't heard about this? It's pretty cool. It's not rolled out to everyone yet. I did not know this. It's brand new. Okay, that's probably why. It's going to be like a little link on your profile. You could set like your tip amount or something. Or no, you can disable it or enable it and people can tip you whatever you want. But then they're going to do super follows, which is going to be very similar to OnlyFans, where you can basically have paid subscribers to your Twitter account. And also you can like make certain tweets private and people can pay to access those tweets so i'm curious oh, you know interesting if you are aware of this and you know now that you are do you think it'll change whether or not you use OnlyFans? can only fans survive in a world where twitter is basically copying all the paid features what percentage is twitter taking and can you lock not safe for work posts on twitter seems really important twitter is not taking any percentage but the problem with the tip jar on twitter is is that it's going through like paypal venmo cash app mm. apps that famously discriminate against sex workers um so if paypal finds out that you're selling your nudes over twitter they're going to shut down your paypal account and take all the money that's in it um yeah i mean oh wow 
Yeah. And so, I mean, in, in concept, it's really cool. Um, and I mean, like Cash App is a, is a little bit, is a, is a little bit sneakier and a little easier to fly under the radar, but you still run the risk of getting all of that money taken out. I'm not saying that you don't get, have the risk of, you know, your OnlyFans account getting shut down, but it is really all up to the credit card companies and the payment processors, what they're going to allow you to sell on Twitter. Um, and I think Twitter will see more restrictions against sex work as far as like using the Twitter tip jar for paying for sex work and things of the like, adult, just anything in the adult industry. I think there will be more restrictions on the tip jar because people are going to make use of that. But I, I, I also saw where um, someone sent a tip to someone through the Twitter tip jar since it rolled out a few days ago. And if you do it over PayPal, PayPal immediately sends that person your real name and address if you have it linked up oh, to your God. PayPal, which uh, would be absolutely disastrous for <laughs> most sex workers. Well, I, so. I feel like they should have thought this through, even not with sex workers. Like, like even if I weren't doing sex work, I still have stalkers. Like, that seems like an incredible security breach. I don't think PayPal is really designed with, like, individual creators in mind. You know, it's for, like, business, like, what's your business address, et cetera. And so, like, the fact uh, that it's being shoehorned into the Twitter tip jar, it creates, like, all these unforeseen consequences and risks that Savannah's talking about. Dude, I really hope they do crypto. It would be fantastic if you could tip somebody with crypto. Because, like, you can't discriminate against sex workers with cryptocurrency. It's fascinating, like maybe the last few years has been such a huge push towards decentralization, crypto and the blockchain being at kind of the forefront. And like all of that should help theoretically sex workers a ton because almost like every primary payment processor on the internet just doesn't allow sex work on their platform. It's part of why OnlyFans is so big. It's because they've like figured out how to do it and it's hard for anyone else. Like even my employer, Stripe, is one of the biggest payment processors on the internet, if not the biggest. They own this podcast. They don't allow basically pornographic material on their platform. You can't use Stripe for a porn website, right? We'll see how they feel about this episode. But the point is, like, it's not easy to do. And so the fact that, like, OnlyFans is on the on the up and up and that also that, like, Twitter might allow crypto in the tip jar. And when they do their super follows thing, like, it might allow crypto there is, like, pretty cool for sex workers. I wonder, like, how, how popular is the blockchain and cryptocurrencies for sex workers? Like, in the community and in sex worker chats, do you feel like this is ushering in a new age where you have more freedom to do what you want on the internet? I hope so. I mean, there's a lot of people working towards that direction. Um, like, for example, like NFTs have been stuff that sex workers are starting to sell. And there's like Spank Pay, which is a really easy way to accept crypto payments, like specifically designed for sex workers. You just sort of like, I have my Spank Pay link in my, my Not Safe for Work Twitter. And so sometimes people just go and tip me there. Uh, and so I'm hoping stuff like that, like really blossoms. I mean, uh, I think like porn is like a very clear use case example for why crypto would be good and so a lot of people are looking at it oh yeah for sure and especially since visa and mastercard have pulled uh the earlier this year from Mm. pornhub um now the only form of payment on pornhub if i'm not misinformed is just cryptocurrency um and that's that's the only one left (laughs) which i mean it would be it would be super cool if if we moved more toward cryptocurrency because they're there's not regulation on it the way credit card companies are have to regulate what you sell. I mean, even on OnlyFans, there are so many rules about what you can and can't post. Yeah. Um, and those rules are, are regulated by the credit card companies that 
they can do they can also do chargebacks which you can't with bitcoin and cryptocurrency so if someone buys all the porn i have and then they're like actually i want all that money back but i still got the porn didn't i they can just go right. tell their credit card company that someone hacked their card or whatever and then they get all their money back and i'm just out a yeah. lot of porn <laughs> it's like it's pretty tragic the fact that um I mean, like, one of the entire premises behind the show is that, like, if you are a founder or a creator of some sort, like, you can kind of chart your own path, and you can be, like, you know, not necessarily platform-dependent. But doing sex work, you still are extremely platform-dependent, and a lot of the platforms are very hostile. And even on OnlyFans, I think, like, OnlyFans first popped onto my radar last year with that whole, like, Bella Thorne scandal. And so, uh, for listeners who aren't aware, like, Bella Thorne, like, was this famous actress, and she got on OnlyFans and, like, promised everybody that she was going to post nudes. And like her account blew up. She got, I think, like millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers or something. And she ended up making like $2 million in like a week. But then like the pictures she posted like weren't exactly nude or based on like, I don't know, people felt misled. And so they started doing a ton of chargebacks. And then OnlyFans had to like change all their rules, which presumably affected everybody else on OnlyFans. It affected like the two of you as well. Um, and that's kind of an example of like the fact that, you know, you are dependent on this platform means that like your business is really at risk depending on random other things that are completely outside of your control. That is a frustrating part of it because a lot of that is just like out of our hands. And uh, I mean, OnlyFans is a platform that's been made by someone who has worked in the adult industry as not as a performer, but as someone who has been in the industry. And their goal is, you know, to marry mainstream social media and merge it with, you know, adult content or, or things that you can put behind a paywall, you know, in that way, you know, and, and to not discriminate between the two. But still, all the time, they don't promote any sex workers on any of their promotional material. They only promote big celebrities who come on. And the fun part about that is the celebrities get tired of posting uh, side boob right. shots after a couple of weeks, after they've made a couple million dollars. And um, there have been consequences that have affected the platform for everyone else. And then um, they get to go home and sleep in their mansion and have had a really fun time cosplaying a sex worker for a couple of weeks. And then they're done. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of us are just like, this is great. You really just... You really just kicked over the whole table, didn't you? That's uh, the term cosplaying a sex worker is so right. And as you said it, I got like furious because that is what a lot of them are doing. Like sort of like, oh, we stand in solidarity with sex workers. Like, look, I'm on OnlyFans. And it's like, great. Well, where's your vagina? Like, you're not really putting it on the line. And, like, you don't really experience like the kind of pressure to actual sex workers do. It's really frustrating. Does this happen often? Is it not just uh, I only heard about Bella Thorne. I didn't realize it's like a recurring problem in the industry. It's like a double-edged sword because, like, a creator will jump on, or, or, or like, a, like a celebrity or some sort of other social media star will jump on, and the problem is usually they either condemn selling nudes and boast that they've just sold lewds, as if that does not also fall under the umbrella of sex work, but they're better than us, or... Um, they end up scamming people by making them think that they're going to be selling nudes or lies of omission and leading everyone to believe that they're going to be selling nude content. 
and then not doing that. It's okay if you want to just sell lewds. It's okay if you never want to post a nude picture on OnlyFans ever. That is a-okay, but you gotta tell people that you're not going to post your nudes on OnlyFans, the site that's infamous for posting nudes. <laughs> you, you gotta be upfront with that one. Because yeah. if you're not, then people will do chargebacks and um, it'll create a scandal and it just makes everyone on the platform look like thieving, lying sons of bitches. So <laughs> if, <laughs> if the celebrities who jumped on did it with a little bit more care and took a little bit more time to understand what's at stake for everyone else on the platform mm -hmm. and for all the sex workers' lives, not just like the girls who are earning a ton of money every month on OnlyFans, but for all the people who are doing this because they are just trying to hang on and survive i mean they're they're valid too and it totally affects them so <laughs> it's just frustrating that when they're done they it, it just was a thing that they did for a couple of weeks and then they just they just leave because they're bored of it and it's affected everyone else were the two of you affected by the bella thorne scandal and the fact that like only fans ended up changing a lot of the rules like i think they reduced like the the maximum price you could charge for a subscription and they changed the payouts from like weekly or bi-weekly payouts to month. There's a bunch of stuff that just made it probably less profitable to be on OnlyFans. I think some of those changes were like country specific. The ones that did impact me and I assume you too, Savannah, were the uh the pay to view price cap. I think it was two hundred and then it was brought down to fifty, if I remember correctly. Uh so I was selling stuff for, for quite a lot. Um, but apparently you can, I did contact them directly and they will raise the limit on you specifically if you request. But I, I had to learn that through the grapevine. It's not said anywhere inside of OnlyFans, but that was a definitely a direct impact. That is really interesting. I didn't know that. It, oh man, the inner workings of OnlyFans and their customer service team is such <laughs> oh, a, yeah. an enigma to me. <laughs> It is Pandora's box. I feel like whenever Jesus finally comes back, he'll tell me what's going on at OnlyFans support. <laughs> and and then I'll finally know, but there won't be time to tell the other girls. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I, re I read somewhere that OnlyFans, right whenever they had blown up, had had only like 20 employees, and which makes sense as to why it took them 21 days to respond to any of my support emails even from the outside i mean just looking at the website i signed up there's no real onboarding experience the entire thing is really ugly quite frankly it's like a twitter clone but that is designed right. for mobile but there's no actual mobile apps yeah well i mean that's it's not allowed right the app stores won't allow only fans at all right and mm -hmm. so you're stuck with the website which is a terrible experience i know there have been examples of platforms and companies that like, you know, when they go public after doing very well, they offer some stock to the creators on those platforms. Would you two want OnlyFans stock? Do you think OnlyFans is here to stay? I think it's here to stay. The cam sites, for example, have enjoyed like a 10 year, pretty solid life cycle and they're still going. Um, I, although I think the traffic is less due to OnlyFans. And so I would not be surprised if OnlyFans followed kind of a similar cycle. Like we're seeing the uh, the rise of a very profitable model. And I don't think we're going to get like another OnlyFans for a while. I think so too. I mean, I, I haven't been in the industry more than a year and a half, but I mean, I really feel like OnlyFans has caught lightning in a bottle. And if they just did the bare minimum to spruce it up, it would 
Mm. It would be so unbelievably good and profitable that people would just never leave. They would have no reason to. I mean, it... That site moves like you're walking through pudding. It is so sluggish and frustrating. However, millions of people, millions and millions and millions of people use the site anyway, just because just the model is so good. And it's so simple for people who don't I, I guess don't really require all the frills and bells and whistles, but I guess it's up to the creator to frill up their own page and make make things fun for <laughs> for the subscribers because the site is not going to uh, yeah. do any of that. They made four hundred million dollars. <laughs> they should hire a designer and some developers already. Hopefully, it's on their to do list. Yeah, it's crazy. So the guy who uh, I think owns OnlyFans now, who got it, Leo, he's the owner of MyFreeCams, and MyFreeCams mm-hmm. is the highest earning cam site. As, I think either the highest or very close to it for a very long time. And that site looks like it's still out of the 90s. Like if OnlyFans sucks, like my free cams is kind of like a, like you're walking to like a pile <laughs> of shit. And it's an awful user experience. And I don't know how they got that far. Like they just like, like okay, I guess it's making money. We're just going to leave it. So this makes me a little more pessimistic about OnlyFans. Like OnlyFans is already like leagues better than any other sex work platform online that we've seen. Uh, but it still sucks. It really sucks. The standards are so bad for sex work. And I'm grateful that it exists. Like, it, it, we have come a long way. But like, if the past ownership of this company by Leo is anything to go by, like, I, I'm not super optimistic that yeah. it will get faster. And there just isn't that much competition. There aren't that many founders and entrepreneurs who are building websites for sex workers because it's like in part very hard to fit into like the financial framework and get anybody to support you to do that and so i guess you can come along with kind of a crappily designed shoddily built website and get the network effects going and like that's it it works yeah for a while i was looking into building my own website just like a unique like my own you know ala.com type deal where you subscribe and i get to sort of control everything but like the payment processors was where i ran into an issue they take like 10 to 15 percent if you're low volume and i'm like well that i wouldn't be really saving that much over OnlyFans anyway by that point so it's just there's not a lot of room to maneuver Right what now. else are you doing outside of OnlyFans, Ayla? Because I know that like you're a little bit concerned concerned about like the fact that such a huge percentage of your income you know came or comes from OnlyFans, and you've got some other cool stuff. Like I bought your card game that you made. Uh, what else are you working on as sort of a, a creator and a, an entrepreneur? Well, there's the card game. I'm also serving as advisor to a couple companies that are either hoping to like help sex workers or be a competitor to OnlyFans. Um, I think there's like a lot of potential in the space. I'm really excited uh, to maybe talk about this in the future, although although no, yet not yet. I am working on helping advice for crosscollab.co, and that is a, a site for creators to sort of find people who you can effectively exchange promo with. And that's and that's uh, shout out for shout out because right now the landscape for finding good people to to buy promo from is really a nightmare. And I'm also working on a book and I don't know writing, tweeting stuff like that. Throwing parties. <laughs> a million different things, basically. Yeah. Savannah, have you seen Ayla's card game? It's pretty cool. No, I w- I'm so interested in this card game. I have to know what it like. Yeah. Explain everything to me. I want to know yeah. the rules. Well, Can you I walk us through the story of like wh- how you made it and why and how it's doing? 
I've been historically obsessed with collecting questions. And so for a while I would go to parties and I'm kind of autistic. And so I would try and figure out, like I would just go around with a list of questions to ask people and sort of gauge reactions. And over time at these parties, I would go through the questions and like cut them out into little pieces of paper. And people eventually started telling me that I should make it into a card game. So I collected 1500 questions, which I had asked over the course of three to four years and ranked them by how much discussion they generated and how divisive they were. So these questions, a lot of them are like especially designed to split the group 50-50. And a lot of them are extremely uh, taboo and um, irreverent. Apparently, this has ended some friendships, this game. I have heard reports. (laughs) (laughs) It's like very controversial questions like this one. Like, in a world where prostitution becomes legal and regulated, should sex workers be allowed to refuse clients on the basis of race? (laughs) <laughs> it's just like who would even think of that Ayla you've thought of like a lot of this stuff and I know you source a lot of it from from Twitter I was reading a sex worker forum actually and there were these sex workers who were tr- having that discussion like there was a sex worker who was saying that she didn't feel uncomfortable I think like it was seeing Indian clients in a certain city in the US because she had bad experiences right. with them and then the sex workers were discussing like whether or not this was okay to do and so that that's one example of where I got that question and how how's the card game doing? I forget how much I paid for it, but like you're actually you're selling this on your website. It's a beautifully designed website. Thank you. I I did it. I I taught myself how to do that. Um, but I we're out of stock right now, so I'm hoping that it will be in stock by the time somebody ends up listening to this episode. But we've been having supply problems that started due to COVID, and we're shifting our suppliers mm. and and whatnot. So. That is so cool. What a clever game too. Like that is, that is so neat. As, as soon as it's back in stock, I'm going to be purchasing a deck of my own because that is genius. I think it would do really well on OnlyFans too. Like, you know, tip for a question or, you know, oh, make a video reading a question per day or something like that. I, I designed it partially with that in mind for, for camming. I can't wait to see it on the shelf at Target. Like that, that is so <laughs> <aww>. <laughs> This gets into the uh, like the different ways the two of you basically market yourselves on OnlyFans. Like Ayla, I'm like I think my brother first told me about you because not your porn Twitter account, but your other one where you're asking all these provocative questions. It's like pretty popular in the tech industry actually. Like I know a lot of founders who follow you and respond to your polls because they're just so like mentally challenging and like engaging. And I, I don't know how, like how many people come from there to your OnlyFans in Savannah. So it sounds like most of yours come from TikTok and maybe Twitter as well. I guess what do the two of you know about marketing yourselves and growing an OnlyFans account that most people don't? Because you're in the top 0.006% of creators, like you're clearly doing something very right. OnlyFans doesn't have any in- internal discovery, like or, or very little. And so everything you do, you have to push out to other platforms. And so like Savannah sounds like it's TikTok primarily. And for me, it's primarily Reddit. So you kind of have to find the platform where you can get a lot of organic discovery, uh, where you can sort of figure out the kind of content that like maybe you have a little bit of an edge on for other people and sort of push it there. But there's a lot of other places. I, I would say for me, at least Twitter is actually less uh, a source of traffic than other websites. Twitter not, does not have very good organic discovery, especially for porn. But, but some people do use it. There's also like FetLife and Instagram. Some people do very well on those too. Can you describe to me your Reddit strategy since that seems to be like the place where you do the best? My Reddit strategy is quite involved. Um, when, when I'm doing it regularly, I've been taking a bit of a break from it recently. But when I'm doing it regularly, I 
get a couple of pieces of content every single day. And then at night, I spend between 30 to 60 minutes scheduling it out in advance on Reddit. So I take a photo, I have a spreadsheet with all of the subreddits, and I have a scheduler. So I schedule it to a subreddit, and then I jump forward a week, schedule it to another subreddit. So I have a photo that will automatically post to a cascading series of subreddits from most viewed to least viewed um, over the next three months. And so I just stack these gradually. So when I'm doing this regularly at my peak, I have automatic postings um, every morning before I wake up because that's one of the best time to post between eight to 10 subreddits every morning. And typically between two to four of those hit the top post of those subreddits. And that's where I was getting most of my traffic. That's nuts. What are you? What is doing the automatic scheduling? Is it like reading your spreadsheet and like posting the pictures or is there some other app? Uh, you have to go in and you, you put the link to your the image that you're uploading and the time. So you actually have to do it kind of manually. It's just it's just automatic in the fact that like it will post it for you without you being there. It's later for Reddit um, is the one I use, but there's also like delayed for Reddit and a couple others. Uh, that's an indie hacker who made that. I think I, I don't know if I've had him on the podcast, oh. but I think I interviewed him on really? the website. Yeah, I created later Does for Reddit. Does he know what uh, it's his website's being used for? <laughs> I'm sure he knows like, now. But at the time I interviewed him, he didn't mention it. It's almost entirely OnlyFans girls, as far as I know. Really? That's crazy. Small world. I have to message him. Let me see if I could find his old interview. <laughs> yeah, I did an interview on like Andy Hackers years ago. He was making like $250 a month. His name's Adam. And we interviewed him. <laughs> but I, I'm sure he's doing really well. Do you pay for it? Yeah, I do. Cool. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, thank you, Adam. You're powering the Reddit marketing strategy for OnlyFans creators around the globe. And it's pretty involved, Ayla. I didn't expect you to have such a complex setup for how you how everything works. My strategy is ass compared to your strategy. <laughs> uh, I'll post a couple of pictures or just one picture on Twitter with a, a caption that's just stupid enough to get people to look. Um, but I do, I do sort of just rely on every once in a while something just pops off. It's never the thing I'm expecting. It's never when I'm expecting. It just happens. And I've luckily have had consistency with it happening whenever it wants to. But I end up making um, an exorbitant amount of money in one day or over two days. And then I can sort of like breathe a little bit, make just some fun, silly stuff. Um, before I have to really get back on the grind. It's like it's like I pedal really, really fast, and then I can just like coast for 0.1 miles, and then I can pedal really fast and just do it again. <laughs> but other than that, I've tried to do like the shout for shout thing a couple of times, and because I, I don't do it often on my page, I've found that it brings out a lot of whiny, pissy baby whiners um, who don't like that at all. And so I, I stopped doing it just because I, I can't handle people sometimes. But, but other than that, I, I mean, starting out, marketing was just like clawing my way out of the giant pile of girls who look the same and do all the same stuff as me um, and just trying to find a way to make myself stand out. But I think, I think where a lot of people go wrong with, with marketing in like the beginning on OnlyFans is they just don't have enough content up on their OnlyFans. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how wonderful you say your butthole is, if there's only one picture of it and you're charging $35 
a month for that one picture of your butthole, just like Cortland is going the to Cortland do. Cortland strategy. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, but with no followers and no no previous social media platform, like if you're starting from scratch and you just you have nothing, there's no credibility there, then you're just not going to see people investing in you the way you wish they would. Yeah. <laughs> so. Seth Godin has a good book on marketing. It's called This Is Marketing. And he kind of has like a five-step process to marketing. But the very last one is like show up regularly, consistently, and like generously for years. Like that's the content production part that both of you are like clearly not afraid to do. You just keep putting out content. You keep scheduling things on your spreadsheet. And I think that's probably something almost no one else does. But then his step three or step two in that list is kind of like pick like a very tiny specific niche market and just differentiate yourself from everybody else. Like you can't post the same exact content that everybody else is posting. I feel like both of you have found your niche. How would you describe your niche, Savannah? The really invested Star Wars porn that someone who obviously loves Star Wars wrote and acted in. <laughs> not, not like I put red body paint everywhere except for my vagina and just said, "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi." Like it, you know. Like it, <laughs> it. I, I think a lot of my following just comes from the fact that I'm a super massive nerd and I think whenever guys or, or girls or theys who subscribe to me, when they subscribe to me, they know that we've probably all jerked off to the same Star Wars fan art and I think there's a sense of camaraderie that comes with that. <laughs> so I think that's my niche. <laughs> that's, sorry if that's, that was too much to say on here, but that's, that's where it comes from. <laughs> I, I actually feel like we might be a little overlappy in our niche, although for me it's Star Trek, not Star Wars. I, I'm sorry that. to say. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that is okay. Um, <laughs> and also, like the goofy, the goofy personality type deal. Like a lot of the content that draws people to my OnlyFans in the first place is like small sketches uh, that are like really creative and sometimes off the wall. Sometimes are like kind of make a confused boner happen. Like a lot of the marketing I had, at least I used to, a little bit less now, are around like boner boot camp. Like we're gonna make your penis rise up and then drop down and then rise up and like who will remain? Like only the strongest boners will, will survive this boot camp. Like that's that sort of vibe, <laughs> which I think is actually pretty similar to Savannah. <laughs> you somehow managed to get like kind of the same vibe creator on here. That seems like an excellent an excellent note to end the show on boner boot camps uh a lot of people <laughs> listening are <laughs> trying to figure out how to do their own boner boot camps <laughs> and i uh, would love some advice from the two of you what are you what are your tips for young creators getting started on OnlyFans or on any other creator platform who are trying to figure out how to the, how to have the consistency and creativity that the two of you've had yeah for me keep keep at it just like it, it's a grind I know that I started out well in OnlyFans, but it was a grind to get to the point where I could start out well in OnlyFans. Like I went for years with very little success. Just be really consistent, treat it like a business. Like, cause it is a business. This is not like you show your titties and you know, make thousands of dollars. You have to be like very clever and deliberate and pay attention to data and feedback. Really do spend your time researching, find different platforms, figure out what works for you and be really resilient in the face of it not working you have to figure out like exactly the specific strategy that is going to work for you. And a lot of people sort of give up before they hit that. I totally agree with that. And I think also don't, don't let it affect your self-esteem whenever you're first starting out. I think that's the, that was the, the biggest hurdle I had to jump over was the realization that it wasn't just going to be titties and profit. And I think a lot of, people expect it to be titties and then profit and they don't take the time to 
take a breather and be like, uh, I'm in one of the most competitive markets right now. <laughs> like right now is is a really intense time to jump into online sex work because of the pandemic, because everyone jumped on because they needed to pay their light bill. I mean, not that you can ever really oversaturate the market when it comes to porn, but a lot of people jumped on and it, and it definitely made it harder to get yourself out into a place where you could be noticed more for something. But like you were saying, if you can sort of find like a niche, some sort of thing about yourself that is just unique and market the absolute hell out of it, then do that. <laughs> and just don't get discouraged. Keep going and find something that makes you unique. I love it. And do do stuff that makes you feel good. <laughs> feel good, be persistent, and don't let it affect your self-esteem. I think that's sage advice for any entrepreneur. Savannah Solo, Alo, thanks so much for coming on the show. Can you let listeners know where they can go to find out more about what you're up to online, find your OnlyFans, or any other projects you're working on? If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at Savannah underscore Solo. And if you are, I mean, I'm assuming everyone here is over the age of 18, but I'm on OnlyFans at Savannah Solo. And then I'm on TikTok at Savannah Solo. And those are pretty much the only places you'll enjoy following me. (laughs) My Instagram is pretty bland. Yeah, similarly, I'm Ayla, A-E-L-L-A, uh, girl. It's with and without an underscore on Twitter are my two accounts. One of them is the with the underscore is safe for work and without the underscore is not safe for work. And also, similarly, on OnlyFans, I have two accounts there. Yeah, and there's just links to everything else if you want to go go troll. But yeah, thank you so much, Cortland. This was fantastic. Yeah, thanks to both of you. 